0: All right, welcome to episode 30 of the Running After Age 40 podcast. I am going to be talking about body image today. So uh, I will just say that this is the oh my god, my legs look like the old lady legs episode. Uh, And I posted that on Instagram earlier because it was sort of funny. Number one, the weather is getting nicer here. So uh, I broke out the shorts this morning. Uh, But it was actually yesterday that I was in the living room and I was like putting a lotion on. I don't know what it's doing. And I said out loud I was like oh my god my legs look like the the old lady legs and then I like look over and out of the corner of my eye here's my 11 year old just staring at me like geez you know kind of rough on yourself and it just really hit me in that moment that you know as far as I feel like I've come and I think as a culture for women athletes I think we've come we still have so far to go so I just wanted to to touch base I thought of kind of like five main things uh, that come to my mind with respect to running and body image, especially for those of us that are older. Um, but I do think this applies to even as somebody as young as my littlest 11-year-old. So number one is just if nothing else, just remember that the others are always watching. And that could be your kids, uh, both boys and girls, your nieces, your nephews, uh, your fellow runners, anyone. Others are always watching. And I love the quote that people do what people see, not what they say. So again, people do what people see. So you can say things, you know, until you can say whatever it is that you want to say, but it doesn't really mean much until you really act the act. Uh, and I think... Never underestimate the power of your words. So one little statement can trigger someone else into complete self-doubt or worse yet into a full blown eating disorder. You know, there's a statistic out there right now in 2022 that 50% of girls at age 10 are worried about being fat. I mean, that's terrible. Uh, and so if you think about it, if one of those little girls sees you and you're making those kind of comments about yourself, you know, even if it's just something about getting in a bathing suit, it really does matter. Um I I really was saddened because I was just looking up the literature a little bit about college athletes. Uh, And in a study of, you know, that was done by Wright State University, 46% of D1 female runners reported disordered eating habits. And... You know, I feel like it's really shifted. I thought that the education and the initiatives and stuff were making things better, but I think we still have so far to go. And when I just did a quick PubMed search, there was an article published in 2021 that the statistics didn't look any better than that. So I think if we just consider ourselves role models, I mean, the majority of the listeners to this podcast are over age 40. So just think about what you're putting out there, whether it's on social media, whether it's out of your own mouth, whether you're looking at your own body and you're making remarks, uh, just remember that other people are listening and they're watching. Uh, number two, the mind is a muscle and it needs to be worked. So, you know, we've talked about strength training on this podcast. We've had people on here that uh, I've interviewed that are doing amazing things with strength training and, and uh, helping their running. But if we think of the mind as a muscle and that it needs to be worked, I think it changes our perspective. So if you look at the literature, the average person has anywhere between 12,000 and 60,000 thoughts per day. So I'm going to ask you a question. How many of those thoughts, 12,000 to 60,000, do you think are negative? It's kind of startling, actually. It's 80%. 80% of the thoughts, at least 60,000 thoughts, I don't do math in my head, so I'm not going to even try to figure that out, but that's a lot, are negative, okay? And the other startling thing is that 95% of the negative thoughts are repetitive. So that means we're telling ourselves the same things over and over and over and over and over that are negative. And what happens if you have the same thoughts over and over? You know, it's a scientific fact. Science Thoughts that are you have over and over become your reality. And that's exactly what we don't want to happen. So when I'm talking about the mind being a muscle and the, the, that we're saying negative things, that, that would be like just purposefully using bad form when you're lifting weights or going for a run with like the worst form ever. You know, it, it just doesn't make any sense. We have to think about what we're doing with our mind and we have to realize that the over mental state is determined by your mental diet like what are you doing with it So I think the one fix to this, I mean, you're never going to completely fix this, but I think it's is—it's amplified if you add gratitude. And when I talk about gratitude, I'm not just talking about like, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for you know my bed. I'm thankful for the sun after daylight savings. I don't know. Uh, know, The one thing that really helped me, uh, and this was from my son's sports uh, mental coach, was that every morning, before you get up, before you look at your phone, before you do anything else, make yourself think of 10 things that you're truly grateful for from the day before. And then not just 10 things, but why. So let's say I'm grateful again, daylight savings time just happened. So like I'm grateful for that extra hour of sleep. Or not sleep of daylight. Well, why am I grateful for that? And it takes you to this deeper level of thinking. And what I want to challenge you is if you're having negative thoughts about your body, that change that and try to think of something that you're grateful for with respect to that body part. So if I said that, oh my gosh, my, you know, my legs look like oh. Lady legs, you know, I'm going to like completely rethink that and like look at my legs and like think about what they did for me. I went on an 11 mile run on Saturday. Like I could still do that at my age and feel good afterwards. So my God, I, I have no excuse to be talking to my own legs about that. And the other thing I thought after I said that to myself is I would never ever tell one of my friends or my family members like your legs look like an old lady legs so just think about that too when you're talking to yourself like is that how you would talk to your best friend because if it's not then stop saying it to yourself so I think that helps too uh number three is just as a runner your legs and your body are for you so they are your power. They're your actual superpower. So I love the saying, and I think you know most of us will know this, but eat to run, not run to eat. I know that in my 20s, well, probably my teens and my 20s, I definitely ran to eat, uh, and I didn't have this mindset. So if you think of eating to run and fueling your body correctly, and if you think about the knowledge that if you don't fuel your body correctly, you're never going to make it to your true potential. So figure out how. And this is not an easy process process. process. So, you know, the first thing to do is just If nothing else, if you don't do anything else from this, just realize there's no good food, there's no bad food, and there's no quick fixes. So this is going to take a lot of work uh, to really be strong uh, with your nutrition and your body and doing the right things and fueling it. Uh, You know, you can do the work yourself. You can go to Barnes & Noble and get some books. There's some great ones uh, for, you know, sports nutrition. You can hire someone. I think it was about three years ago we hired a sports nutritionist and- I already knew the right things to do. I just wasn't doing them. And just the fact that I paid someone made me so much more accountable and like just willing to do the work. And I I mean honestly, she gave us recipes, she gave us recommendations, but since I had taken that extra step and invested in it, it's like you know, you if you pay, you usually will do something. You know, if you get free stuff off the internet. It's probably just going to be something you print and you just sit there. So, so anyway, I I do recommend if you want to really invest in yourself and your body, like. Get some books, get some help and get a professional's advice. Uh, And again, you learn how to fuel your body correctly and then you'll be able to get to your um, true potential. You know, just by asking yourself a couple quick questions too, I think you can make a big impact on your diet. Like, and when I say diet, I don't mean a diet. I mean your nutrition, like your day to day um, uh, eating. So if you think what makes you feel good, like what makes you feel good while you're out running? If you, ate that before, ate that the night before, you know, and then just keep doing that. You know, what digests well, what, what makes you feel like crap and stop doing that. Cause you're just, you know, you wouldn't do that to your best friend. You wouldn't do that to your kids. So stop doing it to yourself. Okay, number four. I think we need to break the stigma, and this is going to take everyone working together for all runners needing to look a certain way. I do think this is better. Like there was s- such a stereotype of like the skinny long distance runner before, uh, and you know I grew up in that era uh, where lighter equals faster, and we were weighed in college. And like I'm not scarred for that. I'm just saying like that was okay to do. It's not okay anymore. Like if I were you, I wouldn't even own a scale. I just would throw it away and just go based on like how you feel and. And how your body is feeling during training and just overall day-to-day energy level lighter is no longer equal to faster and I also think if we think you are a runner if you run (laughs) I'm going to say it again you're a runner if you run it doesn't matter what you look like doesn't matter if you look like whatever that runner was supposed to look like you're a runner if you run and it has nothing to do with your weight or how you look. If you stop comparing yourself, especially if you're participating in races, like don't compare yourself to other people out there and like what they look like, you know, celebrate yourself, celebrate everyone and and be the best version of yourself. And then all together be the best version of ourselves. If you can go to the starting line with that realization that you are bringing the best version of yourself and that you are, have gratitude for being there and that you want to be competitive with yourself, then you're not sitting there looking at someone else's calves and thinking, well, I wish I had her legs. You just won't because you're happy with the skin that you're in. I think uh, I like the other quote that people like us do things like this. And so what kind of person are you? Like, are you the person that runs? Are you the person that fuels the body correctly? And if you think of yourself like that, you're going to start doing it. And so, so I get that from Atomic Habits. It's a book, one of my favorite books. If you haven't read it, I would definitely recommend it. I did the audio version a couple times. But, uh, you know, he says that several times. People like us do things like this. So it's all about the mindset of the person that you are. And if you're the kind of person that does feel your body, the kind of person that looks in the mirror and is happy with what they see, then I think that you're going to just ultimately be stronger mentally and physical, physically. So if you're like most of us that are listening to this podcast, you probably at one point Maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it was two years ago. Maybe it was 20 years ago. You had somebody say something negative about your appearance, whether it's your weight or just your overall appearance, right? I don't think there's anybody that can say that they've never had anyone say anything negative. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, don't accept criticism from someone you wouldn't ask for advice. And when I heard that, I don't even remember which author said that. Again, don't accept criticism from someone who you wouldn't ask for advice. It really is life-changing. You got to let those comments go. Like, is that a person you would have really valued their advice and you would ask them about like a life-changing event or, or something, you know, that you really value? If not, why the heck would you care what they said? And again, it doesn't matter if it was yesterday, a month ago, or two, you know, 20 years ago. You've got to not accept the criticism. You've got to just let that go. And you have to stop caring what other people think and start caring what you think. Again, stop caring what other people think and start caring what you think about yourself. And that really ultimately changes everything, too. I think it's uh Rachel Hollis and you know, take her or, or leave it, whether or not like her stuff or not. But I think she says other people's opinions of you are none of your business. And that's true. Your body is you. You own it. You're in charge of it. And, you know, what other people think of it isn't important. It's what you think of it. And if you're fueling it properly, you're taking care of it and you're honoring it, then it You know, it's going to perform for you. Uh, Number five is focusing on being healthy. And I've already kind of started that part of it, but I just want to focus a little bit more about it. Healthy bodies run longer and faster. It's true, okay? Yes, maybe you have a, a marathoner that you see that looks super fit, super, super skinny, and is just killing it. Most likely, they're like on the brink of an injury. OK, because you can only keep that kind of a body type for so long. You know, healthier d- isn't always skinnier. Like there's a bone density issue. There's a lot of things that can happen if you cross the line and you're too skinny. And realizing that we all have like a certain kind of body type and that, uh, you know, it it's it matters and it's it's you got to go with your own genetics and then figure out what weight and what uh you know, how, what kind of muscle mass you need to feel the best way. Uh, I think once you figure that out, it will really help. I'm, I'm naturally muscular. Like I don't have the skinny runner legs and it used to really bug me. I'll be honest. Like, I think I did have, I've had a lot of people say things like, Oh, you're not built like a runner. You're built more like a triathlete or like, you know, like you're really muscular and it used to bother me. And now I'm like, heck yeah, I am strong. Uh, you know, and I have to let those other things go. And realize that like I've actually not had a stress fracture since I was in my teens so I think my bones are pretty healthy at the weight that I'm at and I'm more concerned with how my body performs and that's what you should be too like be concerned about how your body performs how it feels when you get up and how it feels after your run and how you're recovering and how you're sleeping versus how it looks your body is working for you and I think I have another episode about menopause. And so if you're a female listening to this and you haven't listened to that yet, you need to listen to my interview uh, that's focusing on menopause because it was really good. And it's talking about how our bodies are going to change. And, you know, we all remember, I guess I don't remember that much, but like I have daughters now, so they, you know, they're going through it, you know, going through puberty. Menopause is another huge change. Like the, the your body just changes. Like all of a sudden you kind of wake up and you're like, geez, that didn't used to be, be there that doesn't used to hang that way. Like, but you know what? It's also that I've grown and I've like grown personally and we've, we've just changed mentally and physically. And if you own that and you do the right things, I don't think the transition will be a lot easier. So, you know, ultimately... We need to love our bodies and we need to do what we can to keep them healthy. Again, educate yourself, figure out the nutrition, figuring out, you know, working the mind as a muscle and doing some personal development. One of the books I wanted to recommend is uh, the book High Five Habit by Mel Robbins. Um, it's There's a little bit of, it's kind of cheesy when you first get into it, but uh, I thought that I would bring that one up in particular because the High Five Habit, I think we could all relate to if you've ever participated in a road race. Because how do you feel if someone high fives you, whether it's during the race or after the race? Like, what kind of feeling does it give you? It gives you this, you know, it, you automatically smile. Like you're probably smiling just thinking about giving someone a high five. Like you have this initial feeling of like, oh, great, you know, I'm. Uh, it gives me energy. So what she talks about in the book is high fiving yourself first thing in the morning. She says, you know, after you brush your teeth, you should do it while you're, you know, before you get dressed, and that, that it can really make a difference in your day. So. You know, if you don't want to read the book, just take what I just said and in the morning, brush your teeth and then give yourself a high five in the mirror and like you'll you'll kind of laugh and think it's silly, but do it for 10 days. I think she talks about, you know, five days, ten days, fifteen days challenge, something like that. But it really does make a difference. And I like that. And I think that it applies to this, even though I was talking about, you know, the outset of this time about how I thought I had old lady legs. You know, it's all about loving your body, owning it. And figuring out healthy bodies run longer and faster. So, you know, be careful what you say to yourself uh, and treat yourself just like you would another person and be proud of it. So that's all I have to say about, uh, you know, mindset, I would love any feedback or thoughts or strategies that other people have that they've used that have improved their body image as they got older, or that they've passed on to their children. I think it's a topic that we need to continue to talk about and continue to lift one another up and just uh, and progress with research so that the kids growing up now, you know, have a different perspective when they're in their 40s, if they're running after the age age 40 Uh, so anyway if you have a chance give the podcast a review and share with your friends but uh, thanks for listening thanks for listening to the running after age 40 podcast if you like the show please be sure to rate and give us a like in itunes also check out our website www.runningwithgrit.com for all things related to running over the age of 40 we have a special gift guide up for the holidays on the site Designed to share stocking stuffer ideas and gifts for runners at pretty much every price. Thanks for listening.